ladies and welcome to The Health Fairy. I am Sarah, your host, and today we're going to talk about body image. Now, we all know about body dysmorphia and we've heard of these terms, but let's talk about the image, the the mindset that sets that apart. You know, we all know that we have issues with our bodies, but having body dysmorphia is really quite deep set. And I do truly believe that it's to do with trauma from when you were young or someone been bullied. It's definitely a trauma. I can't think of any other way of it not being that because I've researched it so many times and I talked to so many women and it all stems from either someone's told them they were fat, someone's told them they were ugly, some bloke or relationship has told them that they're not good enough and it's it's damaging and it's it's it causes tragedies i feel and i personally have been through the same thing um i still go through it daily in fact i would say 85% of my day has these thoughts going through them of i look old or i look i'm aging or, or my hands are looking wrinkly or but i'm very good at ignoring them thoughts because they're just not serving me but there's many people out there who are going through this and not able to deal with the the processing thoughts that keep going through their mind and they're not able to process them sorry they're they're overwhelmed by these thoughts and it it's very hard to explain that you can change these thoughts in an instant but as I said in all my podcasts, that it has to take time and habits. Habits have to be broken. and You have to start to really self-care and take the time to meditate and do some yoga and work on yourself and self-love and seek coaching and help and support and accountability and trust. You know, you've got to learn to trust someone. Now, I suffered with body dysmorphia from the age of 13 because I was told that I should keep my belly in at all times. Now, my belly has always been the bane of my life because of this wording, this language that someone had put in my mind. And it triggered me enough to actually think about it all the time. It's like when you see a red car, you know, someone you buy a red car, and everyone's got a red car. You, you see it over and over, don't you? If you say something, you've, you know, oh, I'm going to go and do this, uh, going to buy a hot tub. And then suddenly there's hot tubs everywhere and everyone's got one. You know, it's one of those. And if someone's told you something about yourself, it is in the forefront of your mind all the time. And it, it does have a massive reflection on your life. Massive. So... It's taken me years, you know, I'm nearly 50 now and I'm still trying to push my stomach in and still know. And the worst thing is, the more I've obsessed over my stomach, the more cellulite or wobbles or fat muffin tops, whatever you want to call it, has come because I think you fixate on it. If I didn't fixate on my belly, I wouldn't even think about it and I'd be happy-go-lucky Sarah. 
but I fixate on this. And also my nose, you know, I've got quite a long nose and people have always told me, you know, to have a nose job. And I remember a surgeon who worked at the dental practice I worked at, he said, you would be beautiful if you had a nose job. Now that stayed in my mind too. And I've fixated over my nose for so long now that I'm actually considering having a nose job. I might be a coach and I might be a NLP practitioner, but I'm still human and I still have these thoughts, but I know how to control them. I know they're passing and I know that I can do something to fix them if I feel unnecessary. And people do fix their bodies and there's nothing wrong with anybody doing anything to their body if that's what they want to do. I truly believe that people are so judgmental about people having surgery, boob jobs, nose jobs, facelifts. That's their bag. That They're allowed to have their surgery because they have the trauma of the, the same thing as the body dysmorphia and they fixed eight fixated on these areas. Now, I don't agree with surgeons that don't talk about it first and ask them why and discuss things and, you know, the mindset and find out if they're going to be happy after they've had the treatment. Because a lot of people that have these treatments tend to not be happy afterwards and then they search for something else. And they're the surgeons that need to be told off if that's the case, because they're not taking the client's mindset into consideration some people are very unstable with their mindset so having body dysmorphia needs to be um they need coaching prior to the surgery I really truly believe that and I think a lot of other people would believe that too and my opinion doesn't count to many but if I was going to have surgery on my boobs or my legs or whatever I would want my surgeon to ask me why now, I have been for a consultation before, and it was for my boobs as well. You know, I like to talk about everything in these podcasts. And he said, if I had a boob job, I'd look like Snoopy's nose from my breast implants. And I just looked at him and I went, why would you say that? And he said, well, it's the truth. They wouldn't, wouldn't work for you. And I was like, but other people, why? They work for them, but not me. What could you do to make it better? And he went... Dunno, here's the picture of you. Look at it. And I just felt so ashamed. I felt ashamed of my body at that point. And I felt ashamed that I even asked to have a boob job because he made me feel insignificant. And then he said about my stomach being fat. Again, here we go, back into the belly. And he said, Well, you could lose weight. <laughs> Thanks. So from that day on, I did something really stupid and I actually trained to be a bodybuilder. So I went from skinny, size 10, to a size 14 in body mass because I literally said, right, that's it. He can't say that about me. I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to have loads of abs and I'm going to be tight-toned and fierce. It didn't happen like that at all. What happened is that I bulked up on a coach with a coach that was teaching me. I bulked up, I bulked up, I gained a lot of muscle and it made me look masculine. And nobody said to you, oh, it's going to be ages till your belly goes. The belly grows with the bodybuilding. Oh, I was mortified. And it's taken me so long to get rid of my belly now because the bulking up of the bodybuilding. So I've been through this huge mindset 
craziness in the last three years, two years. Awful. And it's really made me um, aware of how damaging diets and fads and not having a coach available to just say, am I okay? Do I look funny? You know, be honest, people. Don't be unkind, but say, well, you could, you know, do this, this and the other. But don't ever say, yeah, you, you're fat or, you you know, you could lose your weight. Stop being lazy. You can't be like that. As much as people say it in their minds, which is up to them, they say things, that's fine. But please, when you're a coach, don't say those things, you know. Be supportive. There's always a reason and a lot of people emotionally eat because they are fat or that's what they've been told, overweight. So they emotionally eat even more because they've been told that horrible F word. You know, we all say that word in life. You know, I feel fat. And it's true that we do, don't we? You know, but we don't have to tell anyone else that they're fat. That's horrible. And that's unkind, and that's where body dysmorphia starts, people being unkind. You know, I believe that we can lose weight healthily, sustainably, and with good intentions. If you are enjoying your journey with a coach or a habit-breaking challenge or whatever you're doing, you will find that it time means nothing. Because you're enjoying the process and you're enjoying the journey and you're being accountable to someone, which makes it really fun. But just being told that you're fat and lose weight is actually quite disturbing. And it's really traumatic. And that's where trauma issues start and that's where body dysmorphia starts. And that's where you build up cortisol in your body and it can make you bloat and it can make you feel under the weather. And I, this, it's like a vicious circle we're living in in social media. It's like we're living in this bubble of everyone's got to be perfect. Yes, you get the odd people that come in and say, I'm living the truth. And it's refreshing, but they want to be perfect deep down because they're looking at people on Instagram too. I know for a fact the ones that are rebelling against um, body image, you know, their body's better than being, you know, their body image is great. And it, they I can't really explain what I'm talking about, but they're preaching about the fact you don't need to shame and things like that. But they're the people who have got body dysmorphia. You know, that, you know, I've got body dysmorphia and I'm a coach. These influencers have body dysmorphia and they're trying to feel better themselves. It's just tricks of the trade. Now, do you know what? My way to cope with body dysmorphia is when I feel unhappy about myself or I look in the mirror and I feel like I'm not pretty or I've got a bit of belly or whatever, I change my my psyche. I change it all. Firstly, I go into my bedroom and I apply my makeup just to make sure that it's looking much better than it did when I looked in the mirror and it does work, you know, these are tricks that are obviously not sustainable, but it's changing your state. And that's where we talk about, we're changing the state of the situation. So I apply a little bit of makeup. I feel good. I look in the mirror and I'm like, there she is. 
my mood has changed and my state and my physiology has changed. And when I'm feeling a little bit bland about my belly, I make sure that I fulfill my day for food that does not make me bloat. So today I would have salmon and beet root, um, I'd have soup, whatever. And I fulfill that need and then at the end of the night I haven't got a bloated belly and I thank myself for doing such a thing. And I also journal these moments. When I have um, image, um, issues with my nose, I make sure I understand that when I've taken a photograph on the iPhone, I know that the iPhone filters make us look different to who we are. So go and have a look in the mirror and you look perfectly fine. When you look on your phone, you take a snapshot, you look completely different. Trust the mirror. Trust the mirror instead of the photo. Because nobody really notices these things that you notice and don't fixate on them. Just change the sight of the way it is. So maybe your angle was wrong on the phone so it made your nose look bigger. So I make sure I take a photo that makes my nose look smaller. And that makes me feel better. And that's how I do it. I also journal it down when I'm feeling in these moods. I have a journal which is like a a travel journal and I carry it around with me. And I just jot down notes because it's really important to know that what you feel like today doesn't mean to say that you're going to feel like that tomorrow. And that is really significant. Every single day of your life is different You've got different, you've got different um, environments you're around. Sorry, you're eating differently, you're breathing differently, you've slept differently, your hormones are slightly different, you've eaten different, everything. So you're never the same person as you were yesterday. So you can just embrace the next day with positivity and abundance. Knowing what you've got to do if you start feeling down. Knowing that you can just journal it, you can look in the mirror and love yourself again, you can talk to a friend, be accountable, do a random act of kindness, that always helps me. When I do it every Saturday, I make sure I do it every single Saturday so it's consistent and I ma- it makes me feel better about myself, 110%. So they're the reasons... You know, these are tiny snippets of what we're going to be talking about in the membership. These are tiny snippets of my life. And I I want you to be able to relate to me. And the more I do the podcast, the more I talk about my insecurities, I'm hoping that it will help you be guided enough to talk about yours. So you can open up and find ways to be accountable and just change the physiology of your mindset which is easily done once you know how. So I'm going to go now. I'm going to go back to work. Um, I'm going to eat well and I'm going on holiday tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. We're going away on Friday. Now, there's quickly something I need to talk about this. Every time I talk about it. Now, I've got um, anxiety from my, my relationship in the past and I fear, I did fear, I don't fear, um, women around me, you know, naked women, topless women. And I used to fixate so much. Oh God, I don't want him to look because, oh, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. But really, you know, 
does it really matter if he's looking or does it really matter if you don't have the same tummy as that woman that's looking fabulous that you think your husband's looking at? Does it really matter? And that's taken me a long time to get over. Long time, but I've done it and I'm not scared about this holiday and I can't get over how easy it's going to be. Because before I would be terrified why is he looking at her? He wouldn't even be looking. He's the most kindest gentleman I've ever met. But my partner before, he would be looking. And that's what's caused the anxiety. And that's a trauma-based situation. And the more you think about how damaged you feel from a past relationship, the more they still are in your soul. So you have to eliminate it because you don't want them to be ever part of your life. Ever. Because they can't leave a mark when you've been through abuse. Because they still live in you then. And if you want to get away from what they've done, you've got to make sure that you accept that your past is... It's not the word I'm looking for. You must not bring your trauma and your past to your new relationship. Because it will just... It will just be there. And that's not what you want. So I'm going with this lovely holiday after all my training and all my yoga and all my meditation and I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to enjoy every minute of it and if there is a person there with their boobs out, so what? And if my belly doesn't look that great, so what? I am not going to ruin another holiday of ours because of my insecurities and my body dysmorphia. So it's a little insight to to my history. My history is of abuse, abandonment and um, a lot of uh, addictions. Not so much drugs, but lots of addictions. I will talk about that later on and how I managed to get through it. And I'm going to enjoy the process of this podcast because I think there's many women out there who are lost And I said to a lady when I come away from when I was homeless, um, when I came away from and I was at Mind and they were helping me um, with food banks and they were helping me with with clothes (laughs) and things like that. I had the letter from a lady in my duvet cover that she had donated to me or to whoever. And she said, No matter what you do, you always make sure you spread your love and kindness to someone else. And that is exactly what the Hell Fairy is. I serve from the lady from that letter. And that's the most important thing. As long as I'm living up to my serving to others and supporting others who have been through abuse, that's my quest and that is my journey. And that's why I'm doing what I do. So you will learn all about everything, my habits, my issues, my my abuse and my everything because I need to make sure that one woman out of everything I do is able to be free from domestic violence or trauma and that's why I trained as an NLP coach, that's why I trained as a CBT coach, that's why I've trained as a nutrition therapist and that's why I'm training again for my level five nutritionist course. So There we go. I hope that helps you. I hope you will get in contact with me if you're feeling vulnerable because I am always able to help you. Have a lovely day. Take care.